you're in the perfect, perfect business where you are surrounded with stories and you are gonna come across people that want to tell you them. Like people are, they're at that point where either you're fixing their pet and that's the most beautiful thing that's ever happened or they're a little bit vulnerable, they're gonna wanna share that too and you have this beautiful photogenic little thing in front of you. Take a photo, share its name and tell that story because people are gonna never. This is The Waiting Room, the podcast where covetous marketeer Dara Maluli chats to key opinion leaders in the veterinary world and beyond. Join us as we discover why you deserve the best practice and why they deserve the best care. To go to a quick introduction to today's guests, Ali Ebden joins me on the show. She's the digital marketing executive with Edinburgh-based content brand Oodles, and she's a former entrepreneur too, so she definitely knows a few things about building a brand. Every For every podcast, we ask our guests to sum themselves up in five words. Yes. So it could be a sentence. Okay. It could be five okay. individual words. Uh-huh. It could, whatever you want. Go. Okay. So what was your five words? So I'm going for, the first one's hyphenated just to be awkward. All right. Okay. I'm going to go for <laughs> people person. Right. So that's two. Okay. Yeah. Kind of cheating. Kind of cheating. A little bit. Know, What's your yeah. next one? Uh, my next one is maker. I'm a big creative maker. Love Good that. One. Okay. Yeah. Quite, the next one's open. I think oh, we're at you, four. Right. Next one. Oh, Optimistic. And optimistic. Yeah. Okay. A positive optimist. Yeah, exactly. Looking on the bright side of life. Yeah, I don't know if that was five, okay. but optimistically I'm going to say it was. <laughs> Maker. Mm-hmm. Why do you create? Well, I don't know. Like, I think all makers will just say they do. Like, you just have to, and it's just fun, and you walk in somewhere and you will just want to fiddle with things and, like, pull it apart and it makes something. Okay. And I think anyone who describes himself as a maker has always done that and just wants to do it. And also it's fun. Like, it's fun to make something from scratch. It's kind of hard to answer that question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like saying, well, it's not even like saying, why do you cook? Because people have to eat. But also people have to consume what we make. They do. They do. But I don't know if I like making things more than giving things to the world. Yeah, do you like if you're making something, whether it's your blog or mm-hmm. your former business or whatever? <laughs> do you like? Do you think of the end user a lot or do you think of yourself? Like, do you think art or creation is quite a selfish endeavour? Yeah, I think possibly. I think I definitely got into it being a selfish endeavour and then started to think, as like I sort of bloomed entrepreneurially, started to think of like, oh, people might actually use this. But I think it always came from, I'm using this. I really like doing this and there's people like me who might want to use it as well. So tell us, like for the people who don't know you at home, Mm -hmm. and I, listeners, by the way, me and Ali just (laughs) met, or Ali and I just met, Uh but we have a little bit of a history. We do. Interviewed? Yeah, auditioned. Auditioned. <laughs> auditioned for <laughs> the same job. There's a lot of job. dance numbers involved. <laughs> so many. Was a witch. My all singing and all dancing <laughs> interview. But Ali got the job because clearly she is more uh, qualified than I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the case. It's just right time, right place. That's it. I was a lucky person. Yeah. You're yeah, very happy with And now with this is happening. Oodles. I'm very happy with Oodles. Yeah. Oodles so talk to us a little bit about Oodles. So Oodles is a really cool company. It's essentially a stock photography service. Um, But it's a little bit different because it finds all of its content and all of its artists from Instagram. And I really like that. I think it really works because it means that the Instagram artists and people who are uploading their photos, they get to do something really cool, which is get paid for their work. (laughs) And that's becoming increasingly rare in the photography like business and especially in stock photography. It's just moving into that space where artists just aren't getting paid for their work. 
So it's been really refreshing to talk to people who are so relieved to finally be getting that recognition for that work they've put in and all of that jazz. So we do that and then the businesses like they benefit because people really love user generated content and it makes such a difference and we know that people don't really care about stock photography anymore like people don't want that like polished thing they want something real and authentic and mm. so by finding people on Instagram and connecting with that that's what they get and it's really working so far it's really it's cool really nice. it's really no cool. i love that about just getting people paid yes cuz yes. god like you know from creative <laughs> I was a journalist, I did freelance for so long. Uh-huh. I did so much free work. Yeah. Which, thankfully, I did because I built up like a massive portfolio. That's the thing. It has its place. Yeah. But, you know, exposure becomes a filthy word after a while. It really Not does. Not in a fun way. And, like, it's just, it's fun to, like, bring that back and actually yeah. get people doing stuff and being like, actually, we're also going to pay you for this. And we cool. see you and we value you for that. And where, tell us again where you're from. You're from... So I'm from Pangbourne, which is a tiny little village outside of London. Uh, it's where Wind in the Willows is written. That's no. the famous thing about God. it. I mean, it was very rural. It was really like, you know, you went out to the river and that was a fun night out. <laughs> but it was brilliant. It was really cool. It okay. was very relaxing. and yeah. It's a lovely place to go back and visit. Mm-hmm. which is all we can hope for from our childhood homes. <laughs> but uh, it's nice being in a city now. Yeah, the yearly visit. Huh? Exactly. And yeah. when did you move up here? Uh, I moved to up Edinburgh. here for university, mm. so when I was 18. So I suppose going back to when you were growing up mm. down south, mm-hmm. in school were you always the creative one? Yes, without a doubt. Okay. Uh, entire family. My dad's sciencey, like, sciencey background, all of that. Mm. Then my mum and my brother are just creative. Like... We just had like all the toys, all the paint everywhere. The house was a tiff and it was incredible. My mum, she was originally a cartoonist. So she was, uh, she do Snoopy cartoons for homework. She did not. She did, and it was such a good childhood. That's very, <laughs> like, it's a very cool, it was really cool, cool mom. Yeah, cool mom so cool. And then my brother is just the most creative person ever, so he was always like making things and introducing me to different materials and stuff like that. My dad's amazing as well, just he's not artistic, <laughs> so yeah. there we go. He but balances the rest of you he out, does. He? he gives us a lot of logic, okay. which is what you need in a house. So what did you study in college? I studied philosophy and linguistics, which is one of those degrees that uh, is just an arts degree. <laughs> like, it's what you do when you're confused. Okay. And your parents don't let you go to art college. I actually love studying those two things. Okay. I really love words. So yeah. linguistics was amazing. And philosophy was it was wonderful because who doesn't love just thinking in a chair? <laughs> it's amazing. Thinking in a chair. It's essentially, I've got <laughs> She's a, a regular Plato, that. ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so no, I loved it. It was really cool. That's pretty cool. My um, so my dissertation was in I did two. So one of the, the philosophy ones in time travel, and that is a mind bender. <laughs> and sometimes people will just say something, and you're just there going like, I don't. You write an entire dissertation on time travel. I did. Yeah. This that's amazing. It was so fun. <laughs> and that's like, take me back to college days. How many words is that? Oh, it was like ten thousand. God. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of like real world research you can do for that, is there? No. No, a lot of films. Yeah. So, which is always fun. Okay. Uh, so a lot of that, a lot of just thinking again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actively disappointing parents with telling them that you're doing a time travel degree. <laughs> but no, it was brilliant. Loved it. Like what? What job can you, Marty McFly? Yeah. You could work with him. That's profitable. <laughs> DeLorean dealerships are like screaming out for this. Come get your DeLorean today. <laughs> 
So going back to Oodles. Yes. So you use AI and machine learning. I do. So this intrigues me because I don't really know what exactly that means. And okay. maybe for our listeners, tell them what that means. What kind of machine learning do you use? Yeah, so um, obviously this isn't my my thing. So the product team are like engrossed in this all the time, but I just get to tell people about the robot side of things that I understand it. So how I understand it is we have this system and we are training it to be able to recognize objectively what a good photo is. So we plug in a photo and then it comes back and it tells us a human brain is going to appreciate this to this degree. And so you have a little number scale. It can tell you how beautiful it is. It can tell you whether there's a person in it. It can tell you the content of it. It marks up whether things are like trees or monkeys or all of this. Uh, a lot of jungle photography clearly lately has come in. That's insane. It's, it's crazy. Who and developed this? Uh, well, you guys, obviously. Yeah, some people that we work with. It's amazing. It's really amazing. What does... I'm a visual person. What does uh, it look like? I mean, it doesn't look like anything. Is it a piece... It's a piece of software on a computer or an iPad or something, is I it? I guess technically it's a string of code that exists and could kill us all. <laughs> I mean, it won't. <laughs> I promise it won't. It's wonderful to see... Because um, obviously you have to train it. So there is, there is human input there. So you have to fill it with images and go like, we think these are good mm. and we think these are bad. Okay. And then it sees the granular differences between those things and goes like okay so humans like like it when this happens they like symmetry they like this type of lighting and then it comes out with a result but obviously you need so many people to do that because what I find really beautiful someone else isn't going to find really beautiful and someone else of a completely different gender and sex and age and race and all this they're going to find something completely different and so it's really interesting putting in that input um, where it doesn't just blank out and go, everything's beautiful, <laughs> but it has to come back and get trained. And that so is mad. It's really cool. I'm always like, mind yeah. blown by like anything technological. Same, like, and then oh, you get phone, bored of it after a while. So like at first you I was do, like, yeah. this is incredible. Now I'm like, oh, the robot hasn't done this. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a name? No, not yet. Oh, you have to name you it. You should name it. God, why haven't you named it yet? I don't know. I think I'm a bit scared of it. <laughs> But I will. I'll is it, name can it. you tell if it's male or female? Or is it like I think it's androgynous? Just, I think it's above that. Okay. You can go on our website and see it in action. So ah. if you go on oodles.io mm-hmm. and you go on our search, you can tell the AI what it's looking for. And then the search results that you get back are it in action. So if you can say, we have a number scale. So you put in your quality. So if you put it all the way up, you're going to get the most beautiful photos. And that is worked out by the AI. That is very impressive. I really like it. <laughs> really cool and from the we'll say there's two different sides to this so there's the brand yes. who wants the content yes and then there's the user or mm-hmm. sorry not the user the the generator of the content yeah, the contributor the contributor yeah what kind of brands have you worked with are you allowed to tell me so i can say some of them we've worked with so many different types and obviously some of them really like to stay under the radar and like do it privately <clears> we <throat> recently finished up an amazing campaign with duracell um, and so that's looking really good. And that was a really Ooh. lovely one because it was it was based on like when kids run out of batteries. And so it was just loads of like pictures of sleeping children, mm-hmm. which when it first came in, we were a bit like, this is going to be a really interesting one to approach and see how comfortable people are. Um, with like selling pictures of their children is, you know, something we thought that was an edge case. It was possibly mm-hmm. where it could immediately be like, this is this is problematic. No one wants this. And it was quite nice to like approach it from the very human side and approach parents and be like, 
we want to like sell a picture of your child and we want them to be in this advert we can show you we can show you the client and all this mm. you would like this if it was like in a i don't know in a casting thing or possibly <laughs> some parents would and yeah. it was really nice to see the feedback of like you're putting this out in the world already let's let's give you something back for it and people responded really well to it that's really cool yeah it was really nice. but i can imagine that's like tricky terrain when it <clears throat> gets into yeah legal stuff is there a lot of legal mm. implications around that entire huge thing yeah crazy like a huge part of our business is just making sure everything's legal okay um so whenever a human is in a photo they have to sign model releases mm -hmm. we have to make sure you can legally be pictured in it yeah because you don't want that that dystopian thing where your image can just be sold and put anywhere like we've all heard of those weird things where someone's put in an advert and they couldn't want it yeah there. it's weird yeah yeah uh so Going on the right side of that is something that we're really big on. Yeah. You know, you still, you own your image and you always should. So as much as we want artists to get paid for the photos they take of people, we don't want people to resent us either. That's, so yeah, good point. It's finding that middle ground yeah. that's fair and legal. <laughs> and what does, what does a day at work look like for a digital marketing executive? Yeah, well, I think the nice thing about it is it's different every single day. So totally. sometimes it's recording a podcast <laughs> and then sometimes it's finding an amazing photo for someone. Sometimes it's going down to London to meet people, meeting with brands. We're really lucky that we have a really exciting arm of our business where we do events as well. Okay. So we really wanted to, there's this amazing community online and we really wanted to bring that offline as well. And so we run a load of events that's just meeting people and talking to people and doing photography events. Mm. And doing those is huge because it means we can connect with people yeah. and just talk. And so doing those is wonderful. That's cool. Yeah. I think in the marketing scene, a lot of people forget almost now about the offline stuff. Yes. It's like Hugely. everything is online. Let's take a step back. And yeah. And forget to connect with their user. One of the best, best pieces of advice I got was when we were testing, I met with this guy who was like, ridiculously senior to us and mm. I was saying like you know we've done this this and this it's not working it's not working and he just went when was the last time you talked to your customer and it's just we just hadn't for so long and it was just that thing of like stop pretending you know the answers and just go and ask someone and it was just the best advice and so now we do that with every yeah. every single event we do is just like how's this working for you what yeah. can we change and it's just changed everything yeah yeah and for our vets I suppose mm -hmm. That's really important. So important. So important because I think especially with those kind of things, vets, doctors, all of those amazing people who are heroes in our society. Totally. Like, incredible. I have a dog and, like, I adore her and I value my vet so much. She's just, like, she can do no wrong in my eyes. But I want her to be able to admit when she thinks she's doing wrong or I want to see that human side of her. Mm. And I think doing that kind of thing of like asking for feedback and presenting on your human side of that practice is just so important mm. because as much as they are heroes to us, they don't need to be this heroic pedestal figure. They need to be real. That's and that's it. why we love them. Yeah. We're going to take a super quick break from my chat with Ali Abdin because I'm here outside of the Arena Birmingham where the annual BSAVA Congress is taking place. So let's take a step inside where I'm going to chat to the organizer, Angharad Belcher, and of course, check out how the Covetris team are doing on stand C31. Hi, I'm Angharad Belcher and I'm Head of Partnerships for BSAVA. 
It's just been incredible. We've had so many delegates who are excited, passionate, and most importantly, engaging with everything. The science that they're learning, everything that they're sharing via social media, hearing them talking to each other in the queues and, and sharing what they've learned. It's just inspiring to know that they're going back into practice feeling refreshed and revitalized and that they've got lots of things to share that will make animal welfare better. So when do you start prep for next year? We've already started. Okay, <laughs> tell me more. So, our scientific program takes over 18 months to put together. Uh, we work with two groups of volunteers. We have a group that are dedicated to the program who are all leading vets and nurses from across the UK who give up their time to put together the program. So because we focus on delivering the best quality education, we have to plan quite far ahead in advance to ensure that we can bring in the global experts so that their time is allocated to us so far in advance and to ensure that we've got a stream that really represents what people need to learn about and what they're passionate about and what's going on in the world. Okay, so what can we expect next year? Oh, I can't tell you too much about next year because it's our 30th in Birmingham and it's the final year in Birmingham before we move up to Manchester. We've got lots of exciting things that we want to do. We want to celebrate all the success that we've had here. We want to make sure that people are aware of how much of an impact that Birmingham has had on the development of Congress and that they are part of our fabric. So celebrating that, but also encouraging people to think about all the new exciting things that we will be doing in Manchester. So watch this space. So there's a team of six of us that look after Congress all year round and we also look after Scottish Congress and that's that's all we do. We focus on trying to ensure that we, we get the speakers signed up, that our, our exhibitors are happy and that they've got everything that they're looking to achieve so that they can engage with the delegates and that the delegates can have a wonderful experience, that their education is, is top notch and that we know that they want to come back to us. Their loyalty is important. So yeah, we, we do work hard, but we love it because we know that they love it. My name is Dave Tate and I'm a trainer for Corretris. Yeah, so dealing with um, Rubber and Oryx customers, helping them out with any queries that they have um, and just trying to be there and answer the questions and any issues and, and be there for the customers. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah, so we've got a, a May release coming out which has got a few new nice features. So we can search for um, client details by animal ID, client ID. We can email receipts now directly to a client or a client's address and we can do some changes in the product list and um, searching for products and a bit of updates in that field as well. My name is Georgia Walker. I am the field sales consultant for Covetris covering the Midlands and Wales. So for me personally, it's getting a chance to um, see my other colleagues. Um, obviously we work on the road, so we don't always get to see each other face to face to work together to see how we can further help practices. Um, that and seeing the um, all in the one place, the prospective customers that I'm working on. My name is Lara Fraser. I am content marketing executive for Covetris um, here at BVSA. My first time here. Quite quiet today, but things are picking up. So yeah. it's pretty busy around, isn't it? Yeah. We have been very busy. We've got a lot of goodies to give out. Um, so a lot of people to talk to. We've had lots of people coming over for our training. So yeah, we're having a really good couple of days. Good stuff. And you announced your competition winner today, did you? We did. We have a winner every day. We're doing a selfie competition. We're giving away an Amazon Echo every day. Best selfie wins. Uh, we announced our winner today. We've got two more up for grabs over the next two days. So yeah, we'll look forward to seeing those. Really enjoying this year's Congress. Really great to see our own stand and everyone else's stand. Everyone's had a really good show this year. Um, we've had some really interesting talks across at the ICC and the Hyatt Ballroom. Today was Dr. Miles Russell. Um, 
really enjoyed his talk and there's plenty more interesting ones to come. So it looks like everybody in the Birmingham arena is pretty busy and everybody's enjoying the lectures and the Covetris gang are getting on just fine. So we're going to go back into the studio now uh, for the rest of our interview with Ali Ebden. I, on the last podcast, <coughs> excuse me, I went up to North Berwick. Mm. Beautiful place. Have mm. you been there? Yes. Stunning. I love it. I don't want to move there. Yeah. Uh, don't tell my partner that. So <laughs> I went up and I was in with Susan and Norman. They're from Dental Vets. So they're okay. dental specialists. Okay. And Norman said one of the most important things People will be coming from like really long distances. Mm -hmm. Some people come up from like your neck of the woods because mm -hmm. it's the only dental specialist in a large majority of the UK. Okay. But he'll like Amazing. find out stuff about the owner and he'll try and put them at ease. And oh, that's so He's nice. a lovely man and he seems like he'd be really good with, with clients. Yeah. You know yourself when you bring your pet into the doctor or into the vets, you're like... It's a high stress situation. So stressful. It's like you're worried about them. You're worried about you. You're worried about cost as well. There's Jesus, so many things coming in yeah. and like... Yeah, it's so important to be clear at ease. So what kind of a dog do you have? I have a little sausage dog called oh, Tippy, but uh, she's nine months old. Okay. <laughs> I've got two Cairn Terriers. Oh, I love them. They're so cute. Yeah, but, my flatmate has one. But <laughs> Quite aloof. Like, they're just, they are the most amazing. Like, they have the best personality. Really? But they're just insane. <laughs> and we, like our younger one, uh -huh. Finn, or Fionn, mm -hmm. is his Irish name. Nice. I Thank you for translating. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand. What is he saying? <laughs> He's speaking Gaelic. Um, I came home two days ago and like the bin yeah. was literally all over. And it's a heavy bin. Okay. But somehow he managed to tip it over. Hands are solid though. They're solid little blighted. They really, really yeah. are. He's, very, he's tiny, but he's like long. Yeah. But yeah. Have you always had animals? Yes. Like, our house was just full of animals at home. My my mum and dad, uh, they always had chinchillas. Yeah. It's <laughs> an interesting I know, choice. they're lovely. And I didn't know chinchillas live till they're like 30. So we always had chinchillas. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a long, 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 long time. Yeah, no one expected um, But we, we digress. <laughs> Talk to me about your blog. My blog, yeah. So, oh God, I think I've had it about 15 years now. No way. You're like yeah. an OG blogger. I am. Mm. I started it when I was really young. All of that content is purged now. But I started it when I was really young. In and the dark abyss of the internet. I know. It was just a place to, to publish stuff I'd made and to share that kind of thing and just to connect with that little like online maker community. And then it started being more of a platform where people would, I mean, not fans, but there'd be people that follow you and then people that regularly comment and that nice collection space and where you're starting to talk to people. I think that was what started getting me interested in like branding and social media in general and working mm. in that because it was so nice to create that community. And you have a place where you know that people are receptive to your ideas and also, you know, everyone's like-minded mm. and that's just so lovely. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I remember I started, I would have been like mm, 20, I think, uh -huh. 21. Yeah. I'd gone back to college. Funny story. Went went to <laughs> went to study marketing at, uh -huh. right after school. Hated it. Right. And now here I am. Never um, study the things you love. <laughs> never study the things you love. So I quit that, and then okay. I went like working and stuff and different things. Went back to college to study broadcasting. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, journalism first, and then continued into broadcasting. But I started mm -hmm. way back when blogs were relatively new. Yeah. Yeah, and it mm -hmm. was a, it was a nice time. I remember yeah. brands used to send me like. Yes. So much stuff. Oh my God. It's insane. It doesn't happen anymore. It really <laughs> does not. I mean, the odd time I might get a moisturizer or something from yeah. a brand, but it happens like way, way less. Yeah. Yeah. And you still like, f do you full-time blog now or? No, not at all. Like, I think it's that thing where when you start doing something professionally, 
suddenly you start finding it really hard to do it personally and I'd love to do it again. But I think once you know best practice as well, that kind of ruins the like scrappy way you used to do it. Because now you're like, oh, I spend eight hours doing this for a brand. I'm not going to do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to. But also I do miss that sort of scrappy, I'm just going to throw up this I'm going to throw up this yeah. apostrophe everywhere. See <laughs> <laughs> Not grammatically it. correct. And yeah. do, would you do, do you do it in the evenings or, I know you said like yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to do. I find that as well. Once you're like creating content for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's hard to then go home mm-hmm. and, and do it for yourself. I used to, yeah, so I kind of like doing it in like chunks. So you do a load of stuff, you make a load of stuff. and Yeah, calendar blocking. Exactly. Love a bit of calendar blocking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then your business, you're a yeah, former entrepreneur. I am. So who better to talk to our vets about business and growth <laughs> and profitability True. than you? Yep. So you the ukulele business. I did, which is quite a rare thing <laughs> to be able to say. It sure is. Yeah. What um, happened? So I owned this little business. I started when I was uh, 18, I think. Um, and it was literally just that I bought a ukulele. I wanted to buy a prettier ukulele. They weren't on the market. And uh, so I decided I was going to um, decorate one. Mm. And then I put it on Etsy, sold, bought another one. And then before you know it, I was selling many, many <laughs> ukulele. And uh, getting them made and getting featured in magazines, like featuring the Sunday <laughs> Times. It was incredible. I genuinely thought you said, then I got a maid. Oh, you got a housekeeper. No, God, I wish. <laughs> God, if that was the ukulele, end of though. that story. <laughs> and now I have help. <laughs> so, no, no, still disgustingly no. messy at home. Did you were featured in the Sunday Times? Yes, it was so much fun. Like, yeah, it was awesome. It was so fun and taught me so many skills. Yeah. Like, owning a little business, owning a little side hustle, it's the way to accelerate every skill you've ever had in terms of yeah. timekeeping, mm-hmm. talking to people, talking to different types of people. It's just the best. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fair play to you. Because, yeah, being a blogger and being an entrepreneur, you definitely need to have many, many hats. Yes. Many, many. And be so many. quick at changing them over. <laughs> Instagram. Yes. So for brands, mm-hmm. why is Instagram such a non-negotiable for brands these days? Because everyone has it. So it is a direct way to get into your customer's eyeballs. (laughs) Like, it's just the perfect way to connect with someone. Mm -hmm. It's where, it's what people are using on their downtime and people are seeing their friends on it. They're also seeing brands that they love. And so it's just finding that little space where people are ready for a personal connection and then you're there. And so you're there at that point where you can just kind of insinuate yourselves into their lives and that might sound a little bit calculated or whatever, but your your business plan should make that not calculated. You should genuinely want to connect with people. You should genuinely want to be their friend and to create content that they're gonna enjoy consuming and will enrich them. Like you want Just that. like this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so enriching. No, it's like don't go for the hard sells. No, not at don't all. Don't be the sleazy car salesman. No, like make something that people are gonna enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so on that I suppose what would you mm. say for a, a gentleman or a lady who comes from like a healthcare background who now works as a vet or mm. a vet nurse? <laughs> specific example. So what's a specific <laughs> example? Where did you come up with this? It's where you were creating this podcast for vets. If they have no idea yeah. how to create content. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy for you and I to say who were bloggers, that kind yeah. of stuff. But for these guys, yeah. they probably know nothing, Jon yeah. Snow, about that. That's fair. What kind of advice would you give to somebody who just doesn't even know where to start? So, get a little Instagram account. <laughs> start just sharing stories. 
you're in the perfect, perfect business where you are surrounded with stories and you are gonna come across people that want to tell you them. Like people are, they're at that point where either you're fixing their pet and that's the most beautiful thing that's ever happened or they're a little bit vulnerable, they're gonna wanna share that too and you have this beautiful photogenic little thing in front of you. Take a photo, share its name and tell that story because people are gonna connect with that. Like a hundred percent. That's like the perfect. It's so perfect, perfect. advice. Yeah, it but is. like not my advice, but like that little. But that moment, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's one of the easiest way, like businesses I can imagine selling. You know, if you're a gynecologist, you don't have this easy <laughs> option to sell things. There's not a story you want to tell there. But like a cute little dog. Not comes on Instagram, in. anyway. Not on Instagram. No. We have filters for that. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to dissect Instagram as an app. Right. Mm. So sharing stories obviously is a really good way to connect. Yes. What do you think makes the perfect bio? Perfect bio. Mm. So think about why you're going to be on Instagram. So I'm thinking if you're a vet, then you want to be easily contacted. So you want up there your name. You want what people are searching for up first. Um, so if people are searching for vet, which they probably are, your name or the practice name and then vet because people might say and like the, the area that you operate in as well. So say if your name is Simon Smith, you want Simon Smith space vet space Edinburgh. So that if someone's just panicked and searching for Edinburgh vet, you come up. If someone's searching for your name, you come up. If someone can't remember your whole name, you come up. Yeah. yeah. And then a little description. Just okay. it can be really tiny. But do you think with descriptions, <clears throat> the simpler the better? Simpler the better. Yeah. I think. Yeah. More complicated. You can come across people who are like doing a little haiku or whatever, but. <laughs> Just go for it. Just I feel like mine yourself. is way too complicated. I've got little emojis. Oh, I've yeah? got like hashtag Edinburgh. It's like, I think it's, it's, it's too much. It's fine. It's if too you much just, there. Take it back. Just explaining what your page is about, I yeah. think. Okay. Yeah. And then um, at the grid as a whole mm -hmm. is greater than the sum of its parts or whatever. Yes. What do you, th do, like, do you like those really heavily curated grids that look incredible? Did you ever see Beyonce's grid? Yes. <laughs> Very curated. <laughs> Or Taylor Swift is another uh -huh. example. Yes, the the feed as a whole. I think when I give advice about this generally, because a lot of people ask about this and they say like the importance of one picture versus the whole thing. I think don't don't emphasize one over the other. So you want people to look at your feed and go, that's incredible, and want to click on every single photo. But you also want every single photo, especially with the algorithm change, you want every single photo to be pulling its weight. And so it doesn't matter if people just see that one photo or they see the whole thing, they're hooked and they want to follow you. Okay. And caption. Yes. So I like kind of long form captions. Me too. There's a girl called Brittany Crystal, mm -hmm. who I love. No. Um, she has a podcast called Beyond Influential. Okay. Really good podcast. Mm -hmm. But she always does really, really lovely, really value add content, yeah. long form. Like microblogging. And I, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, do you think microblogging within the caption is going to take over traditional blogging? I think that's really interesting. I think it will. And I think it already has to some extent. I think now traditional blogging is becoming something else. I think that microblogging space on Instagram is really valued. Yeah. And we know that that's really being hyped by the algorithm as well. So Instagram loves it when people do that. And so if you're producing longer form content on Instagram, your content is going to be pushed up by the algorithm. So we know that that's really important. But personally, I love it. It's all about telling a story. Yeah. Especially if you've got a story to tell. I think it's different. Sometimes I read captions and I'm like, 
they needed something to say about this leaf. And my God, did they waffle. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you can really tell when someone's putting themselves into words and that's that's the ideal content. That's what yeah. you want. The content that I don't like mm. is an image, regardless of how beautiful it is. Uh-huh. And just a set of hashtags at the top of it. Yeah. Like with nothing else. Yeah. I can't, I don't like it. Put the hashtags in the comment, people. Or what I do is the dot, 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 dot. Yeah, that's fine. That's dot, fine. dot, 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 dot. That's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> Just hide it. Cover that mess up. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to see it. Or what it. I know somebody does this, they, and if you're listening, it's you that I'm talking about, <laughs> puts like hashtags, like loads of different hashtags, mm. but then deletes them like three days later. So it looks like, oh, I've gotten oh, all, it's a bit seedy God, or something. I don't like that. I don't like it either. It's Be a up bit, front. Be up front. Yeah, we all know that's how Instagram works. I know, yeah. It's not a secret. Like, <laughs> yeah. so. These people magically found my content. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Influencer overnight. Um, who do you follow? Who do I follow? Mm. Like, I think I just did a massive purge. And so everyone that's left, I'm just loving. I love, oh, what's her name? Catherine Sabbath. She's a baker mm. and she makes the most insane cakes and just everything I come across. I just adore um, I love uh, Awesome with Alison. She just does dancing. She does a branding account and she just dances out of joy. Cool. And it's great. She sounds amazing. Uh, all of those people. There's a woman who I follow. Mm. I love her because she's really sarcastic. Brilliant. And really dry mm-hmm. kind of sense of humour. Amy Landino. Mm. She's cool. She okay. does video content or she, she talks about producing video content. So she's got um, a book called Vlog Like a Boss. Nice. Just really, really smart stuff about productivity, mm. optimizing your time, mm-hmm. calendar blocking, which I'm obsessed with, um, <laughs> and morning routines. And on that note, oh. Oh. I'm obsessed with people's morning routines. Yeah. Like I love hearing about successful people and how they start their day. Mm-hmm. So I think if you start your day in a kick-ass kind of a way, mm-hmm. that rhymed, um, <laughs> then the rest of your day is going to be A-OK. Oh. What? That was... <laughs> Oh my god. Um, how do you start your day? I go between, so I have two morning routines and one of them is ridiculous and is just like I roll out of bed with 10 minutes to go and go mm-hmm. and just grab the dog who looks so sassily like why have you done this and it's just like we're going and leave the house and don't prep anything yeah. and then the other one is I wake up at half five, I do yoga for an hour, I like have meal prepped mm-hmm. and like I just swing between those. And I'll do one of them for about three three weeks and then drift into the other one. It's all about balance. It's exactly, <laughs> exactly the way I am. Yeah. But it's such a struggle. It is. To find the balance with those two. But I find Maybe like... Maybe it's good to have a balance between the two. I really like it. Mm. It keeps me it keeps me grounded because when I'm doing that, like, when I'm doing the whole, like, meal prep, my life is zen, I am Gwyneth Paltrow. When I'm doing that, everything's in order and I have that, like, smug optimism throughout the day. Do you have a nighttime routine? Not really. I'm very, I'm very social, so I have to just like yeah. push myself onto humans and enjoy it. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. So I live with two people, and so we just hang out and just see friends, and it's lovely. I think, yeah, just living, living life to the full. Yeah. So, yeah. Balance. That's our key yeah. takeaway today. Yeah. Find balance. Find balance in all things. Ali Ebden. Yeah. Thank you. So- <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been wonderful. That was enlightening and delightful. And I'm sure all of our listeners 
are going to find such value in that and optimize their Insta. And for more information, go to, where can we go to find out more about you guys? So you can go to www.oodles.io and it's oodles without the E. So O-O-D-L-S. Uh, so you can find all of your amazing photos. You can also sign up your Instagram account so you can start selling with us and start being one of our valued community members. Um, so yeah, and then we have an Instagram account as well, which is just at oodles.io. Um, so go and check us out. We feature everyone that we post, and so it's all really nice and really community and really great. <laughs> and on that note, Ali, <laughs> have a good one. Thanks so much. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. It was lovely.